Well, welcome to this edition of Pro Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, your host and producer. And, uh, you know, the books for 2018 are officially closed. And the Happy New Year to all your friends and family and colleagues, colleagues rather, are waning because we are well into 2019. I thought it would be a good time to bring a nationally recognized pollster, Stuart Elway, founder of the Elway Poll, to talk about what is on the mind of people in the Puget Sound area and in the state of Washington. What are our concerns? What are our hopes for 2019? We also have a local individual who is now considering running for president, and that's the name of uh, Jay Inslee, our governor, and he's going to talk about how Washingtonians view Jay Inslee's run for the White House. Uh, It's been a long time since we've had someone run from Washington State for the presidency. The last time it happened was in 1976 when Henry Jackson, the U.S. Senator from Washington, ran in the presidential primaries, the uh, Democratic presidential primaries. And uh, he actually did win two primaries. He won in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania before his campaign lost steam and he dropped out. So it'll be interesting to see what Washingtonians again think of Jay Inslee's run for the presidency. Now, Stewart has been in this for many, many years. He's been doing polling and he's a very well-respected pollster nationwide. One of the top survey firms in the country, 538, asked whether the Elway poll was one of the best. He did a survey of his own, and Stu Elway, Stuart Elway came in the top six pollsters in the country. Now, what is Voices of Experience all about? If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, we talk about public affairs, like today, for example, Stuart Elway coming on the air, travel, fitness, education, special events, and with an emphasis on entrepreneurship, I wrote a book, couple books are actually on self-employment, whether it's for you or not, whether small business is something that you want to consider. And in this book, I try to put you in the driver's seat to make that determination for yourself. I am not trying to talk you into it or out of it. After you complete the book, if you say, well, self-employment isn't for me, I'm going to stick with my day job. Or if you say, I can do this, then I believe I've succeeded in the book. If you get through the book and say, I'm still not sure about that. Then I think the book didn't work, at least for you. And uh, in the book, there's a self-employment quiz, 20 questions. And the higher you score on that quiz, the higher your prospects for success. And uh, you can get that book by just going to Amazon and inputting Paul E. Casey, the letter E, C-A-S-E-Y. Or to come clean, you can just go to my website if you're just interested in taking the self-employment quiz. And that is VoicesOfExperience.com. And you can, again, take the same quiz that's in the book. But, hey, there's a lot more information in the book that I think you would enjoy, too. But, again, that website would be VoicesOfExperience.com. And you can take, again, the 20 questions in in the book. And, uh, again, the higher you score on that book, the higher your prospects for success. So, again, welcome to Voices of Experience. Bill Maher from Real Time for Bill Maher. We'll just be on the show in just a few moments, not live, of course. I took this from his show that aired on Friday night with new rules, as I do many times. This happens to be one that he, again, just played on Friday night. We'll be back in just a moment. 
You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. And finally, new rules. Someone has to explain. If our economy is doing so great, how come everyone is broke? To me, the real lesson of this government shutdown is that we found out that federal workers, quintessential middle-class jobs, can't afford to miss one paycheck. I must have seen a hundred stories about furloughed workers that look like this. I literally don't know how I'm gonna provide for my kids. Furloughed interior worker Mallory Lorg rationing her insulin. First off, I can't pay my mortgage. It's a matter of life and death for me. I guess this is what Fox means by getting tired of winning. When did it get this desperate? One day your alignment for the county, you miss a payday and you're Ratso Rizzo making coffee in a saucepan? <laughs> this shutdown is not about the wall. It's about the wallet. And it's more proof that the great American middle class is disappearing faster than R. Kelly's Facebook friends. <laughs> is the story here that our economy no longer creates a middle class it sucks it dry all middle class means now is that you're poor but you don't do meth and remember this is the good economy where 40 percent of americans can't afford a 400 dollar emergency expense and 50 million have nothing saved for retirement sorry but it's not middle class when your retirement plan is a lotto ticket when I was a kid, being a middle-class family meant only one breadwinner, two cars, a vacation, and a paneled basement that smelled like cigarettes. <laughs> College was affordable. Getting sick didn't mean going bankrupt. You can go out to dinner once a week. You could have a dog, and when he got older, your parents could afford to send him to live on a farm where he was happier. <laughs> what? But little by little, the middle class got squeezed. Now middle class means two breadwinners and one car. And the only reason your daughter can afford college at all is sugardaddies.com. <laughs> but here's the thing about squeezing people and keeping them insecure. It virtually ensures that our long-term major problems never get fixed. Because reducing the debt or repairing our infrastructure or most importantly, halting climate change, requires long-term thinking, which is something you can't really do when the wolf is always at the door. Bangladesh will be underwater in 20 years. I'm underwater today. Whole foods? I just want to get some food in my hole. <laughs> and that's just how the Koch brothers like it, to have people so caught up in today's problems. We never have time for tomorrow's. We have uh, Stuart Elway on the line, and welcome to Voices of Experience. Stuart? Hi, Paul. Good to be with you. Yes, I'm so glad you are here because uh talked about your first poll of the year and uh, trying to 
make some sense about what's going on in the state of Washington and in the Puget Sound region. And uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, start out with uh, what's kind of being talked about more and more, and that is our governor, Jay Inslee, running for president. And you did a poll on this, what Washingtonians think about that. Can you summarize some of that for us? Sure. Uh, well, a couple things. One, well, we did his uh, job performance ratings, which we've done every six months since he's been in office and actually going back through several other administrations. And uh, he had a, it's a four-point scale, excellent, good, only fair or poor. We combine excellent, good into positive and only fair or poor into negative. And he had a positive of 48 and a negative of 46, so a, a net plus two, which doesn't sound great, but that's actually his highest rating that he's had uh, since he's been governor, and uh, it's higher than either Christine Gregoire, uh, who was minus eight, or Gary Locke, who was minus six at this same point in uh, their administration. So not bad there. People are um, kind of okay with uh, his his job uh, as governor. We asked then what kind of president he might be. And 35% said excellent or good, and 56% said only fair or poor. So uh, much lower expectations uh, of what kind of a president he would be. And then um, we asked if you'd vote for him, and 37% of Washington voters that we interviewed said they would, which included uh, just 61% of Democrats, which isn't exactly um, uh, worried want to be either. So uh, people think he's doing an okay job as governor, uh, but a little more uh, dubious about the presidential run, I think. Is that because we may know more about Jay Inslee in this state than we know of the other people running? Well, you know, the old saying, no man is hero to his valet. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I had not heard that one. That's good, though. I like that. Maybe maybe uh, that's it. But um, the, the other thing, too, of course, is uh, there's so many candidates uh, uh, coming forward in the Democratic uh, race, and it's still a long ways off. Sure. So there's that, too. Um, I don't know what some of the other, I haven't seen what some of the other candidates, uh, what their numbers look like in their home states. So we don't, uh, they may be out there. I just haven't, I haven't seen them, so I don't know what to compare it to. I would think that, in some sense, that all these candidates may be of help. For example, if you get 8%, you're in the top part of the, the pack, well, if, that's if you know right. what I mean. And, and uh, uh, Inslee's made no uh, secret of the fact that he intends to run on climate change, which is a, a large and growing issue. And certainly in the Democratic Party, it's, a, it's an issue. It's, much, it's less so in the Republican Party. Um, so if he can, if he can um, sort of carve out that lane and be the environmental candidate, um, that should do him well, uh, it, particularly in a race where, you know, <laughs> there's upwards of uh, 20 or 30 people uh, who are being mentioned as candidates in the Democratic Party. Well, I haven't seen my name yet submitted. But well, I, I, I'll, I'll put it in the next Would you call. do that? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, homelessness, shifting onto a very lighter subject. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, keep it happy. interesting and fun. But 
what have you uncovered, do you think, in your poll on homelessness that we may not have known before? Well, a couple of things. Um, well, I did uh, two different polls that uh, uh, dealt with that. Um, and I think one of the things that is new uh, is uh, we asked, in a statewide survey, we asked people, as we have done for the last 20 years, what is the most important issue that the legislature should be focusing on in the upcoming session? And we did this survey before the session started. And uh, homelessness was the number one issue. And uh, so in the, in the category with uh, 21%. You may, um, excuse me, Stu, I yeah. want to ask a question. Uh, yeah. Is that statewide or is that in... That's, that's statewide. Statewide. Homelessness was number Homelessness. one. Okay. So wow. Okay. This is the and so you you lump that with uh, other social services like mental health and, and some others, but homelessness was the number one. This is the first time in ten years that education or the economy has not been the number one issue for voters. Now that's as, interesting. As statewide. That that's rather amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it and we found that it was. It was a, a, a top concern in eastern and western, urban and rural, um, suburban districts. Um, it, it's almost any place you go in the state now, um, uh, homelessness is, uh, if not number one, it's in the top one or two or three concerns that people have for, for their state and their community. So it, it is a big issue it's deep and wide transportation transportation well we did a survey for the seattle times um that covered uh homelessness and transportation so this was just king county um uh well we did king county and seattle and here again this is an issue that has um impact on people the first question and that portion of the poll was how much impact does it have on your life and 69 percent of the people in the county said it has uh, some impact on their life including 38 percent said it has a significant impact and it was 39 percent in the city of seattle so you know people have moved closer to their job or changed locations they've changed their work hours working more from home uh about uh, one in six or seven people we interviewed had done at least one of those things. Hmm. Uh, so it, it's impacting uh, their life. And I mean, that should come as no surprise. Anybody who lives around here uh, and has had to, dr- to drive anywhere or travel anywhere, that result shouldn't come as much of a shock. Would you mind doing a poll on how many people want that trolley down First Avenue in Seattle? <laughs> well, actually, are you have or what? We well, you know, we had that question. Okay. And uh, let me find it here. Sure. Um, expand this downtown streetcar line. So, um, uh, in the city of Seattle, fifty-four uh, percent uh, approved. Or, or favored or strongly favored that. Okay. Countywide, it was uh, 56%. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Well, of course, they don't have to, in the county, drive down First Avenue all the time with all the disruption. But I'm right. not going to go there because we're limited time, but <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get that. But uh, that's okay. Um, anyhow, so let's get to the 
environmental issues. I know I'm rushing you here, but too bad I just have a half hour. I dive yeah. into more of this stuff. Yeah. Well, um, we asked uh, several. Uh, in, well, environment in our in our open ended question of what's important come for the coming legislature. Uh, environmental issues were at fourteen uh, percent that named environmental issues, um, which is twice as much as they have been at any time in the last 10 years. So environment, climate change um, have uh, moved uh, up the up the public agenda this year. This Do you have any like indication, because you've been doing this for a long time, that any, uh, like, let's say, for example, climate change, and I may be speaking for myself, but when I'm in my tribe and we're talking about climate change, and we all believe in and we all believe that it's happening because of emissions and all that. There's a hopelessness among people that you just go, okay, we're for this, but we still have people who are not, and they're driving the agenda. Well, um, yeah, I think there's, it's certainly um, a, it's still a contentious issue. Uh, the, the national administration um, is, as we all know, not a big believer in climate change or at least doing anything uh, about it. So there, that's always, uh, if not in the background, you know, maybe even more, more in the foreground, because it just, it just seems to be always a debate. And, and one of the things that we've found over the years is uh, more and more issues have become um, polarized by party. And you mentioned your tribe and someone else's tribe, they, they, um, they, they seem to take a position on an issue depending on what the party leader's issue uh, stand is. Um, there's, just, there's just not, uh, when I, as you said, I've been doing this a long time, and we used to find that in an issue like climate change or you name it, you name the issue, um, there would be overlap. You'd have, you know, maybe the Republicans would be two-thirds one way and the Democrats would be two-thirds the other way, but there'd be, you know, a, a third in the, that would, would be in the middle. Now it's more like 80% or more of the Republicans go one way and 80% of the Democrats go the other way. I mean, and, and, and you see issues changing uh, based on partisanship that are are quite surprising i mean you look at for example uh rank and file republicans attitudes on things like russia and the fbi have have totally flipped in, in the last <laughs> eight years um, i know i i that's the, the things that makes your head explode or yeah. at least mine i'm yeah. going are you it, kidding me i grew up with ronald reagan and i was hiding under my desk <laughs> Because of <laughs> well, you know the Russians and things, and now it's like, hey, that's okay. He's, well, now, it's all right. Yeah. He's with Putin. But now that's you all right. know if 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 Trump says today's Tuesday, most Democrats are going to disagree. And if Obama says today's Tuesday, most Republicans. Are. That's uh, a good it's way just, to put it. We, we've come to a, a path that that um, uh, I'm not quite sure. It's going to take it. It's going to take you and I at least another 20 minutes to figure that out. Sure. And you know what? I'm going to have you back on that because I think that's a very important question going <laughs> forward. Do we have any optimism about this turning around? Is there anything you're seeing 
that is breaking that up a bit? Maybe people are becoming less partisan. I don't see it, but if there's anything that you could explain on that quickly, yeah, do you have anything on that? I don't right now? have anything okay. particularly on that. No, I, I mean, I think uh, we did do a sort of a mood of the voters that we do every every uh, six months. And um, it, it, we ask people if things are getting better or worse for the country, for the state, for their community, or for themselves. And um, in, the, in our January poll, the majority said things are getting looking worse for the United States, 52%, but better for everything else, including better for my own household, 74%. Wow, so that, that was, that was the me. largest gap between people's outlook for the country and outlook for their own household. Um, this since I've uh, largest gap since 2007. So there's sort of this disconnect of you know I'm kind of doing okay, but the country's going to hell in a handbasket. Right. Let's have you back and explore that more if you would be so kind to do that at some point. Glad to. All right, Stuart, thank you very much for right. spending time with us today. That's Stuart Elway, and he is the founder of the Elway Poll, and uh, he is now in uh, collaboration with uh, some other entities around the area, and one of them is Crosscut, but he's doing this a great time. Love talking to him. So uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Adam Shepard. He's got some interesting advice about uh, – uh, the technology that we're going into now, and uh, really augmented reality. Fascinating. Are you thinking about self-employment? Visit Amazon or order a book called Pre-Flight Checklist. Is self-employment for you? Pre-Flight addresses eight myths surrounding self-employment and includes a self-employment quiz. The higher you score, the higher your prospects for success. Visit Amazon Books and input Pre-Flight Checklist. That's pre-flight checklist. We've seen two major waves of, of human computing interaction since the rise of the Internet. There was, you know, network computing, being able to connect with anyone at any point in the world. There was the mobile revolution and the fact that almost all of us have smartphones in our hands and, and in, in many cases in our hands all the time. And the next revolution is likely to be this, this shift towards virtual and augmented reality as part of our everyday lives. Cameras are really the most popular feature of our phones today. And what Facebook and Google have done is they are essentially enhancing the artificial intelligence behind the, the camera view of your phone and looking for features in real time and providing information around what you're seeing. So it could be you're in a store, uh, you pick up a uh, uh, maybe a gardening tool at Home Depot, and it comes up with reviews of that gardening tool and where where you can purchase it, what the different options are. Um, uh, basically, being able to recognize objects and scenes in an environment and provide additional information, even without using a headset. This is just using your phone. And then now what we're in the midst of is augmented and virtual reality. That's Adam Shepard, and he is the CEO of Eight Ninths, a virtual and augmented reality firm based in Seattle. I thought it was interesting that he was talking about the three steps we've been going through in terms of technology. The uh, computer allowed us to really connect with the world. And then, of course, came the mobile phone, allowing us to do that any place, anywhere. 
and then uh, of course augmented and virtual reality which is now being developed and we are right in the midst of that i thought it was interesting though that the mobile phone that generally the number one feature that is used is the camera i would have thought it would have been texting or messenger or something like that but the camera is the number one feature That's all the time we have for this edition of Voices of Experience. I would like to thank Stuart Elway for being with us today. Now, if you'd like to listen to any show for the last year and a half or so, you can Google KKNW and click on to archive. At the bottom of the page, click on to Voices of Experience, and you're there. Quote for the day, ideology separates us. Dreams and anguish bring us together. That's Eugene Luesco. Have a great rest of the week. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.